Unlimited Digital Ramblings Podcast, brought to you by Click Through Marketing. Hello and welcome to the Assorted Digital Ramblings podcast by Click Through Marketing, where we discuss everything in the world of digital marketing, ramble a bit, and have a hopefully a bit of fun. Um, I'm your host, Chris, and I'm joined by my co-host Olivia or Liv. Liv, how's how have you been since we last recorded? Has anything notable happened, like being on the news dressed as a seagull? Uh, yeah, I was on the news dressed as a seagull. Uh, I've also been stopped multiple times in the street because I'm now a celebrity, uh, whether that is because I am a well-known seagull um, dresser or whether I am the co-host of this wonderful podcast. Um a little bit of context as me dressing up as a seagull. It's not my favourite pastime. Uh, I went to a cri- I went to the T Twenty cricket final, and me and my family dressed up as as seagulls and got heckled the whole whole time with people going seagull, seagull, and it was um it's pretty funny. Um, but yeah. And I saw you on Sky Sports News, but didn't even realise it was you. <laughs> I just saw some seagulls chasing. Did you chase someone dressed as a hot dog or something at one point? Yeah. 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 So I saw that on Sky Sports News, but didn't realise it was you. I mean, to be fair, I'm I'm, I'm happy with that because, I, like you know, if someone actually did recognise me as a seagull, <laughs> I'd have been a little bit annoyed. Um, but yeah, um, have you been since the, the last podcast, Chris? Um, good, thank you. I haven't I haven't dressed as a seagull once, so I feel like I haven't had quite the same. Uh, experiences you but yeah I've been I've been good thank you um and we're joined today by Rory Tarpley who is our head of SEO that's right hi everyone is that right <laughs> yeah hi, so Rory. um yeah I'm Rory I'm the head of SEO at ClickThrough and I've been here for around three years um so obviously my role is to head up that SEO function and I'm really excited to be here to talk about SEO today so we'd like to get to know our guests before we get started Rory um Liv's probably going to ask you something weird, but we'll start off with a more conventional question. What would be your, outside of SEO, of course, your dream job? What would it My be? My dream why? job. Um, well, the alternative for me when I was um, going first going into marketing was economics. Um, and I'm a bit of a nerd, but that's not... An economist probably isn't good enough for a dream job, so I'll probably <laughs> go with um, Star Striker at Tottenham Hotspur. Oh, that's a shame. <laughs> what a dream to have. <laughs> um, and then chucking in a little bit of randomness, um, can you do, Rory, first, can you do any impressions? Can I do like it's just yes or no? no? Zero <laughs> um, impressions. Well, that, that has ruined my plan. <laughs> I can you have a go at an impression, it. but it won't be a good impression. Can you do any live? Yeah, but hang on, you skip in. I've got to ask you first, Chris, because then I've got to top you all with how amazing my impressions are. <laughs> okay, fine. Okay. Um, I don't think I can do impressions, but I can. Uh, when I like read the kids' books and it's got speech in it, I put accents on, so I can do quite a good um, Scottish accent. Um, and then a, a bit of. None of the rest are any good, actually. Okay. I can do an okay Scottish accent. Sorry, listen, go on. <laughs> You've really put me on the spot now. Um, no, I'm going to sound like Donker. No, I'm going to sound like Shrek, I reckon. That's the problem. Let's say it's a Shrek impression. Uh, no, I can't do it. I can't, <laughs> do, it. It. I can't do it. I can't do it under pressure. I can't okay, do under well, pressure. What can, you, what can you do, Liv? To be fair, impression-wise, I'm pretty, pretty minimal. So my only impression that I can do... Uh, quite well is do you know x factor did you watch x factor in the day when it was like no yeah yes yeah. Yeah. can you remember um seb and i can't remember what his what his older person was called but they came in and they sang mysterious girl and like one of them just sang mysterious girl and then the other one went come on i do <laughs> was in the i back. do remember that yes <laughs> please, oh, please remember. Give so that I, okay so can someone sing mysterious girl and i'll do the come on Okay, no, cool. Rory, how is you? <laughs> okay. Whoa, um, whoa, whoa. Whoa, mysterious girl. Oh, come, on, man, come, on. <laughs> come on, man, come on. Come on, move your body. Come on, move your body. That is it. Well, that is my impression. Wow. 
<laughs> wow. Oh. I mean, I thought as soon as you're asking the question, you'd have like something amazing. That is sleeve, amazing. Not just, my, right, watch the video. Not just saying, I would come on in a West I would Midlands say accent. my impression of Peter Andre there probably topped yours. It was probably right. better than your impression of the man saying, come on, yeah. Well, you two need to check up on this video and then come back to me because <laughs> that is literally a spitting image. Or uh, a Liverpoolian or Welsh accent. Love her. Love it's very hard to do Welsh without straying into Jamaican, isn't it? Um, yes. I feel quite pressured now to do Welsh that's not Jamaican, though, so I'm not going to do it. Give us a little Maybe that's a... Okay. Uh, I'm from Liverpool. Where are you from? I'll have some shock and a can of coke, please. That is good, isn't it? <laughs> um, yeah. Um, brilliantly. Um, <laughs> So obviously this month, given we've got Rory here, we're going to be talking all about the world of search engine optimization or SEO for short. Um, for some like Rory, it's a w- world that comes completely naturally, whereas for others like Liv and I, it needs a lot of explaining. So uh, Liv, why don't you tell us what you know about SEO as a as a start for 10? Okay. Uh, I actually know that SEO stands for Search Opt- Engine Optimization, and I know that Rory is the head of SEO, and that is literally all I know. <laughs> My uh, knowledge is very, very limited, unfortunately. Um, what about you, Chris? What do you know about SEO? Marginally more than that, I would say. Um, I mean, given we covered all that in the first five minutes of the podcast, I, I would, uh, yeah, I'd be disappointed if I knew less. So I've got a little bit of a background in SEO. Um, I managed the um, the search team at Phones View, so that included managing the SEO function, um, and then I've done various bits and pieces over time um, in various different functions. Like I managed the the SEO team in um, Stafford at, at iPro for a bit as well. So I've got a I've got a base level of knowledge. Um, Rory, tell us about your role then. Educate us on SEO. What do you do? day-to-day or a typical week well i mean with that limited knowledge i could probably say anything at this point but <laughs> yeah we'll believe you we'll um, but yeah i mean i'm more focused on the technical seo side of things day-to-day we have a dedicated content team as well um, so i don't have to do too much writing for websites but obviously i control the strategy around seo for a lot of clients so my day-to-day is usually spent um basically checking websites and making sure that they they don't have issues on them um, and that those issues that are there get resolved. Um, and to be honest, my day-to-day uh, varies quite a lot. So I spend a lot of my time working on client websites and reporting on the performance around them and making sure that their strategies are the best they can be. But also as the head of SEO, a lot of my work involves making sure that we deliver the best SEO strategies to clients. So whether that's making sure that we're working with the right tools, making sure that our processes are correct, as well as keeping up with the many, many updates that Google goes through to attempt to stay one step ahead of them. And uh, it's interesting you talk about those updates that Google always push out because the Certainly, certainly back in the day, they always used to be focused around eliminating black hat SEO techniques. Now, obviously, Rory, you don't do any black hat uh, SEO, I would hope. But um, yeah, how aware of you aware are you of the practices that used to go on, like back in the day before all these updates rolled out? I I am super aware of that. I think you know, as as Google's evolved. Uh, there's still people that try and take shortcuts and try and beat that system, but Black Hat SEO, I think, lacks a future-proofing aspect to it. Um, if Google isn't wise to what you're doing now, it probably will be very soon. Um, and some of the old Black Hat SEO techniques, I'm almost jealous that um, I wasn't around when it was <laughs> that easy to get to position one. Um, I mean, you had you had the obvious ones where people would put uh, white text on the background or then make sure that um, the keyword they're trying to rank for is on the page five million times. Um, And I do think that since then, um, there are still some techniques that um, you do come across. I think probably paying for backlinks is probably the most prevalent now. Mm. 
but yeah i mean obviously my job when when i take a client on there's an element of defense against the dark arts um harry potter <laughs> reference for you chris um, <laughs> but yes making sure that none of those black hat techniques have been used in the past just as a just just as a brief segue back to Harry Potter, that was the most th- the thing I got most comments on from like colleagues who'd listened to that message saying, I can't believe you've never li- watched Harry Potter. I've bought the full box set now, but I'm still not going to watch it. Um, sorry, Liv. Uh, you... No, I was, I was just going to ask uh, Rory something around Black Hat SEO, but on the, the sort of topic of what we got asked about most, mine was my porn star name. <laughs> um <laughs> But yeah, moving swiftly on. Um, what have you came into any sort of? I don't, well, I don't really understand how it works. So like blackout SEO, is it like? Can can you see it that it's active in an account? So like, have you took on any clients and you've been able to spot like, oh, they're they're naughty, like they've done this or? Yeah, I mean, you have various checks that you go through, but there's no sort of standard there's no tab on a google account somewhere where i can just black hat is labeled there and it's like ah here's all the the wicked and evil stuff that you've been doing there's no tab for that but we obviously we have checks so we can we can make sure that obviously the the backlink one which i just mentioned we make sure that any backlinks that are being paid for we can spot those um as well as when we're going through the website and optimizing content and looking at that, we obviously make sure that there's no pages where websites are keyword stuff in. I mean, technically, all SEO has got a shade of grey to it, hasn't it? Because you're trying to manipulate the Google results in your own favour, yeah. but there's uh, there's user-friendly techniques and then there's the, uh, the slightly less user-friendly techniques, isn't there? Exactly. Um, and I think that, you know, but what defines it as black hat is something that explicitly goes against the guidelines that Google give you. Um, so like I say, it comes down to future proofing. If, um, if you do something that's uh, maybe black hat SEO, you might get away with it for a little bit, but it's probably not going to last long at all. So, so for, go on Liv. No, I was just going to say, is there anything that you do now that can be considered black hat SEO in the, like, the next few months? Like, that is a shortcut, but at the moment it's like a good shortcut shortcut instead of like one that Google sees as like being taboo. I would say not. I think the, the closest that white hat crosses over with black hat right now is probably um, internal linking and make like that sort of the, the links between your own website. So... Um, whether you're sort of stuffing your pages with links to a page that you want to rank well, that's probably the closest um, where there's there's a line that you can cross quite easily without realising it, I'd say. Um, But we do not stuff any website's pages with links. (laughs) So I don't think there's, yeah, there's no issue there. And let's let's say we took over a client, right, that are currently, let's say they're, Position three for their number one search term, and we decided let's let's try it. Let's do all these black hat techniques. So we put some gateway pages in place. We put we, we stuff the pages. We stuff the internal links. Do you think we get to position one? Like, do you think Google would fall for it in the short term? And how long do you think we'd last? And then when we get caught, what would happen to us? Well, um, I mean, there's it depends what the technique is and how um, how close to that technique we are now, I guess, but. I would say there's definitely a chance that in the short term you'd see that that ranking increase. Um, But I would say it would not be very long. You're talking probably, I mean, it could be a few months, it could be a year, you know. Um, But eventually Google's going to get wise to that. And really the, the, the ultimate penalty is a Google penalty, which means your site won't be indexed. You won't you'll get sort of a, a six month a six month ban or um even a permanent ban but at that point obviously you're not going to rank for anything and or get any organic traffic so all of those temporary gains you had are they're meaningless at that point i used to work with a client like way back in the day that didn't care about this sort of stuff so he used to do all the dodgy stuff and i kept telling him like you're going to get penalized you 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 your website's going to get pinged. It's just like, not bothered. I'll just be, I'll just build another one because <laughs> it was it was back back in the days, you know, like, um, 
payment protection insurance and you could claim that back. He was like, this industry's only going to last two or three years, so if I last six months, fine, I'll just build another site. He's like, I'm, I'm not in it for the long term. So he was, he was fun to work with. I think you'd have enjoyed <laughs> yeah. him as a client, Rory. Um, <laughs> Liv, are there, any, are there any dodgy techniques people can employ in social? You know, I've been literally thinking about this, and I don't think there is. Like, I think everything has to be on the book because, well, not I, re- I actually really don't think there is. Or if there is, I have been trying to do my job very, very specifically, so <laughs> I have not picked them up as of yet. Um, but, I mean, in DPM overall, again, I don't know if there is any. I think SEO is probably that little sort of, like, loophole where there has been in the past, not even now, like, the chance to sort of undergo undergo the radar but thankfully i suppose in social there hasn't been that yet because i think if there was a shortcut um it probably would have been taken um on some Mm. you know just to sort of save time and stuff but no i don't think there is at the moment there used to be a fun one way back when and this is this is showing uh showing how old i am and how long i've been in this industry that back in the days on yahoo when it was called overture it used to be a straight auction um, and obviously whoever bid the most came top, but you only paid one penny more than the people below you. Um, so if I was bidding five pounds and the person below was bidding a pound, you'd only pay a pound and a penny for your click. And what people used to do was just set like blanket bids at like 10, 15 pounds to guarantee they're always top, knowing they'd only pay what was below them. And we had a piece of software that let you see what everybody was bidding. It was called, um, it's called BidBuddy. This is really going back. Um, so what you could do is set what's called a bid jamming strategy. So you'd always bid one penny less than them, which meant that they basically spent all their budgets by the middle of the morning because they were putting, spending extortionate amounts. And then you could be top and just pay a penny more than the people below you. It wasn't so much black hat. It was more exploiting other people's laziness. But that used to be a favourite of mine. But those days are long gone now. Um, Liv, would you say either of the following would be determined as black hat with DPM? So... What about if you're trolling the the search listings and you're clicking competitors' ads to try and make them spend money? <laughs> I suppose so. I mean, I've never actually thought about it from like a technique. Like, you know, we do like a week um, a morning call just clicking on all of our competitors' ads. But I suppose I suppose that would be sort of a black hat way to. I don't know if that cost. works, but. <laughs> Yeah, I suppose so. And how about if um how about if you're Nike and you go in bid for Adidas, is that frowned upon as well? To be I think I just don't well, I suppose that's more of a PPC question and as, I suppose I, is, yeah. I am well, I was gonna say I'm well rehearsed. No, I'm not, that is a big fat lie. Um I do know a little bit about <laughs> it, but I don't think you would because the it'd be too expensive. Um, I think the PPC people in DPM are going to be screaming right now. <laughs> That's not how it works. Yeah. Um, it depends. It depends how aggressive your client wants to be. To be honest, yeah. Rory, because you, you can and you can you can make it work. It's obviously not going to work as well because if if someone's searching for Adidas, the odds of you them, the odds of you selling something Nike to them are pretty slim. Um, but you, you can do it. It tends to be more expensive because of quality score, which is all related to relevance, and obviously you're not that relevant for the term Adidas. Um, what you used to find happened was there used to be a lot of like almost unspoken gentlemen's agreements. So it's almost like, well, they're not bidding on us, so we won't bid on them. Oh, really? Um, uh, yeah, and, and people wouldn't break that. Um, and then when I was at, was at Phones for You, we used to do anything, basically, like we didn't care about annoying other people or if there's anything dodgy we could do we'd do it so i got a phone call one day from someone at vodafone that was like please can you stop bidding quotes so much on our brand term because you're pushing our costs up i was like yeah okay (laughs) we'll we'll drop that for you probably probably went a bit too far with that one um but you can do it is it it it's not really dodgy but it's not I guess it's not 100% in line with showing people exactly what they're looking for. Is it? It's trying to uh, trying to steal someone's customer at the last minute when they're about to convert. It could, it could be good for a laugh, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> something that we do do on social, well, something that I do because I'm a sadder who likes to troll my Facebook page for the ads that I've set live, is if it's like a traffic campaign, I'll just swipe up and be like, yep, that's one link click, that's one landing page view, woohoo! 
but again, that's not really. I, I don't think that's that going to affect your stats no. in the grand scheme of things, is it? Let's be honest. No. One one click. Definitely not. Um, but and. In paid search, Rory, if you try to if you try to click on like your your um, competitors' links, Google's that sophisticated of anti fraud stuff now that it it knows like the regular pattern of clicks on those search queries and can detect. So unless you've got like an IP masker that makes you look like for every click you're in a different part of the UK and it does different terms, you'd have to be quite committed to making it happen. Otherwise, Google would just uh, filter it out of the source it wouldn't it wouldn't cause you uh wouldn't cause your competitors any pain it used to it used to be something you could do um but not so much these days google are google are quite too sophisticated clever. aren't they yeah too clever so what we're talking about all the different channels rory um if you if a client only had one channel that they could afford to invest in why do you think it should be seo why seo over paid social live or, or paid search or any of those channels uh, I would say the simple answer is that for any given website across any given industry, most the most likely way that a user is going to reach you is through an organic search result. Um, so, I mean, it, we're talking around 40, 50 percent uh, for most industries um, of traffic comes through organic search. So if you were going to invest, you'd start with uh, with the largest channel, I'd imagine. Um and I think, you know, when you combine that with an effective paid search strategy, you're talking sort of upwards of 60 to 70% of your traffic and the rest, the majority is probably going to be direct anyway. Um, so, yeah, I would say the biggest sort of reason to start with SEO is that it's the biggest channel there is. What if said client is very impatient? Well, if said client is very impatient, I would say that SEO is stereotypically people say it's a very slow burn but i've had plenty of clients where i've taken them on made a few changes in the first few weeks and immediately seen an uplift um so i mean people like to say that if you create some content or optimize some content it'll take two to three months to really see the impact of that but Mm. actually for the majority of websites within two or three days google's refreshed that on the serps yeah who is your like well so you you know have that pitch of who do you reckon should should you know go first in you know running stuff for a client and you say seo who was your second call beta like who do you reckon's seo is like biggest like a push paid search Oh, Rory, you went so social there. Go on. <laughs> Don't ask who's third live, just in pay, case it's not social. Search, then display. Um, oh, my God. Then... <laughs> no, um, yeah, I would go for paid search because the two channels complement each other. Yeah. What do you, what do you think, Liv? As a paid social expert, pitch your case for putting the budget into, into paid social instead of SEO. I just think it's fresh and new, and I just think... You know, yeah, you are right, SEO, and sort of like the way that content fits into that is very, very important as the first sort of step, along with like Crow and stuff. But social is like for for younger brands with younger demographics and not even necessarily younger demographics, but just it's the fresh new way. And I think that's where marketing is just moving towards anyway. So I think if you sort of like segue that with old and new, I mean... I think it would it would work a treat. So, yeah, Rory, why don't you pick social? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, interestingly, Google have sort of recently announced, haven't they, that um, Instagram and TikTok will um, perhaps start to be in debt soon as well. So maybe there will be more crossover. I hope so, there. Rory. I hope so. Because then um, we will be able to work together a lot, whole lot more. Exactly. It's going to be interesting yeah. to see how they try and, um, particularly on TikTok, index those results because Instagram is generally like captions and people quite often tag the location, don't they? So you can see you can see how that would be relatively easily indexed. Whereas TikTok, I don't know, it's just quite often there's just a bunch of random hashtags, isn't there, to try and get it on your for you page? I wonder <laughs> how they're going to assess that content. Yeah, you know what? I think TikTok changes daily. I mean, I'll get a daily update in my email saying, have you tried this? Have you tried this? So I think, you know, by the time that 
sort of things progress even more, TikTok are going to have more than any other platform to sort of like enhance that. A hundred percent. I think I think there's a point there around sort of the pure volume of content on Instagram and TikTok as well, and how Google are going to avoid sort of cluttering SERPs with too many results from them. Yeah. As well. You can see where they've jumped on it though, can't you? Because I think the numbers came out relatively recently that TikTok reached a billion users in, I think it was under five years, which is quicker than Facebook, it's quicker than YouTube, it's quicker yeah. than Instagram, it's quicker than Snapchat. So you can see why Google's keen to, uh, you know, Google wants to keep everyone using Google for as long as possible, don't they? So they've got to, they've got to do something. Yeah. It's... It's very consumable, isn't it? Like, Liv, how, how much time do you spend on TikTok? As in, as a user? As a user. Uh, you don't want to know. You do not <laughs> want to know. I must spend at least an hour a day on TikTok. I, I, I love it. I absolutely love it. And I know that, well, all the, like, you know, the rest of the team in social, they are the exact same. And all of our sort of, like, evenings are just spent sending funny TikToks to each other. Um. Or if I'm going out anywhere, it's just quoting funny TikToks because I actually think I'm so funny and it's not even my humour. It's just sort of like reused. But, I mean, do you two go on TikTok? I mean, Chris, you're an older generation. Do you... Uh, have you got even got it downloaded? Do you know uh, how to? I will dispel the myth that TikTok is only for children. Yeah, I watch it. I use TikTok. <laughs> I'll probably watch at least an hour a day. Normally, like, if, if my wife's watching something I don't like on telly, I'll quite often just sit watching TikTok because it's just, it's just dead easy content, isn't it? It's like, I know they've extended it now. It's like three minutes, the longest video can be. But even still, it's like pretty short, sharp, snappy content you can uh, you can watch, isn't it? So, yeah, I, I like it. I know there's there's a bit of a myth, isn't there, that TikTok's for teenagers. But, again, I think it's... I saw some stats the other day and it's like 40% of the user base are over 30. So it is skewed towards younger people, but there's a lot of people that are um, slightly older on there as well. Definitely. I think advertising on TikTok, like as you said, it's very skewed towards younger people because I can't think of a client sort of that we have currently in our portfolio that would want to go on to, to TikTok that's sort of like a plus 35 demographic. Like I can't imagine, you know... Oh well, I can't. I can't think of any other clients, but you know, it's definitely in the in the marketing world. It's very skewed. But I suppose in the user journey, like you said, it's it's there's no sort of cut off at all. Rory, do you have TikTok? I do not have TikTok. Um, Rory, I only watch TikTok if it's sort of a video shared outside of TikTok. Really, um, yeah. I just I don't know. I think things like that, I'm usually a bit of a, a late adopter because I'm aware of how much time I, I could potentially stuff. spend on it if I get it. Is that the only reason you don't have it? Just because you know that if you do, you'll get addicted and then that's an hour of your day gone? Yeah, and that and pure laziness because I can't bother to download it, really. <laughs> Rory, <laughs> next time I see you, I'm going to go on your phone and download it because it is the best decision I ever made downloading it it's bra it's absolutely bra I don't um, know <laughs> but Rory you know how like we work with you know the same clients every day but obviously on SEO you work in like month to month cycles um, and when you're introduced to a new client do you have any sort of like horror stories of the worst thing that you've ever uncovered when you've took on a new client and thought oh my god what are they been doing um i mean nothing massively shocking because fortunately the quality of the websites that we get at click through aren't terrible um but i'd say probably the biggest one i've uncovered was a website that was struggling to have any product pages indexed at all on google and it turned out that their their robots file um was disallowing Google from actually crawling those pages. So Google couldn't find for that content, couldn't uh, index it at all. So literally by removing a line uh, out of the coded website, they started getting ranked for all these product pages. Which made me look great. I was going to say, take all the credit, take all the credit for that one. Got all the product pages ranking guys. Yeah. 30 second job. Do you not remember the client that, um, 
I won't say who they are, but we took them on and we did an audit of their backlink anchor text. And it was, there was loads for like prostitutes in and adult massages in. in what yeah, the hell? I don't know why they got them. I don't know what the, what the thinking was behind <laughs> it. But yeah, that that was pretty random. Like there's a lot of adult terms pointing pointing to their website really? yeah i don't know i don't know why but i think we got rid of them pretty quickly as well yeah is that a black hat seo technique i wouldn't say it's black hat but it's probably not in line with any form of best practice C- is yeah, it like? certainly gray mask at the very least <laughs> and i think you know what actually that example um there was obviously a lot of those types of websites but actually when we look at, at websites backlinks it's actually more common than you think that you'll find a couple of those sort of websites uh, that are linking really? to them. Um, sometimes, you, you know, when we're actually fully auditing a website and we have to click in to the websites that are linking to them, sometimes after a few hours of that, you do need to wash your eyes out a little bit. And <laughs> oh, my God. You have to watch who's, uh, who's walking past. Um, I was going to say, have you, have you ever had, a, had, like, an HR email saying, Rory, we've, suspe- we've uh, detected some suspicious, suspicious activity in your browser history? <laughs> I get I get a lot of HR emails. Um, no. <laughs> no, 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 that's not God. happened, fortunately. Um, at least you've got the perfect alibi now. We all know what to well, say. Exactly. Oh, we're just we're just doing an SEO audit. Yeah, just a backlink oh, audit. Bad don't link. Link. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, what's your what do you think is like your biggest frustration at the moment, or what's the biggest frustration of people in the SEO industry? Um, what's the stuff that? Yeah, I, I think you know a, a long term frustration is centered around Google, obviously, and. Google has a very love-hate relationship with SEO, really. Um, Essentially, we're not paying for listings on Google, so they may not be as inclined to give us lots and lots of information or to help us out that much. want us to go with paid search, really. But I would say, you know, over the years, Google's gone through so many updates and goes through dozens and dozens a year, really. Um, And I'd say probably the biggest frustration of SEOs is seeing a spike or a drop and not really knowing why because something's happened with Google but no one knows what um, so I'd say that would definitely be the biggest frustration um, and I think the the other key frustration is that you know it's still quite a young industry really um, and with all the uncertainty that Google brings there needs to be a lot of education um, which you know, both with clients and with SEOs themselves. And I think that it, there's so much conflicting information and there's so many different ranking factors and signals that it's very easy to get confused. Um, so I think a, a key frustration is is lack of education, I guess. Is SEO like the OG marketing? Like, I don't know, is, this, is that where digital marketing all started? Uh I mean, I wasn't there when digital marketing started. was about three. Yeah, probably that and paid search. Um, so Google AdWords is now what about, I don't know, let's say 18, 19 years old. So it was about that time when Google introduced paid listings. Obviously, it had listings before that. So yeah, um, I guess organic listings were the first were the first thing on the internet really weren't they when people started using google that and dodgy display ads i suppose display is probably one of one of the older ones going back in time um i think email marketing probably oh i suppose yeah oh yeah those those ones where if you didn't forward it on to 10 people you were going to get a curse or something (laughs) those those are my favorites back in the day but yeah seo certainly uh certainly been around for a while but it keeps like you say or it keeps changing doesn't it so how do you tackle that education piece and and keeping keeping our clients up up to date with what's going on because there's a new algorithm update not quite all the time but pretty frequently isn't it there's there's minor ones and then the occasional major one how do you how do you keep people up to speed i think there's there's two ways really i think the the first of those is to just keep on top of industry news so whether that's looking at the various blogs that are out there 
or looking on social platforms. So Twitter's quite a good one. Um, and Google's own employees sort of share things on there. One thing I have found particularly useful actually recently is Reddit as a bit of a tool for finding SEO news. Yeah, it's it's on there, it's on there. Um, But inevitably, you can't keep up with all of these updates and a lot of the, especially the minor updates, are things that there's not necessarily an action you need to take to, to combat that update because you know it's going to update again. So I'd say the the biggest way really to combat all of these updates is to look at the overall mission. So um, rather than just continuously trying to optimize for Google and get to the top of their listings and get them to read your site better, actually set up a site that is ready for users and you're targeting users because Google's own mission is to serve the most relevant content for users. So you're best off aligning yourself with them. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. Ultimately, the best SEO is not to consider Google, isn't it? And make your site perfect for users. And then in theory, you should rank. Um, Do you think Google would prefer it if nobody did any SEO and just made perfect sites? Mm, No, I don't think so, because they probably do get, you know, plenty of... um, probably revenue from SEO and events and plenty of engagement from the SEO community. And I think that they'd prefer there to be an industry out there that's optimizing websites and trying to trying to make sure that Google's serving the best results as well. So I don't think they'd want to get rid of us necessarily. But do you, do you think they'd prefer it if no one tried to second guess what their algorithm was and just focus on making perfect websites? Because SEO is effectively, it's trying to second guess that algorithm, isn't yeah. it? Which which we don't know. Do you think they prefer it if everyone's focus was let's just build the perfect website for users, the perfect experience? Yeah, 100% they'd, they'd rather not get second guessed or challenged, I'm sure. But... <laughs> I think if they're, if they're looking for people to make the perfect website, then they need to give feedback on what that perfect website is. So it's, it swings and roundabouts, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very true, very true. Um, and j- just thinking about the various clients we've had, and obviously we've, we've had a fair old variety that we work with, who'd be your absolute dream client, Rory, and why? Uh, well... It's slightly boring, but I'll probably go back to Tottenham Hotspur and um, their website. I mean, I'd love to say something like, you know, um, I'd like to work on a website that is just a really good cause, you know, but I don't identify with a cause enough for that. (laughs) So, Roy, what is, this is probably a really, really blonde question, but what is the difference between like SEO's optimizations to websites and Crow's optimizations to websites? So, I know Crow's like the user journey. Would that, is that like really completely different to what SEO is all about? Um, I would say that there's not necessarily a huge, huge difference, but obviously with crow you're looking at the website itself and when people have landed on the website with seo you're looking from google users so i would say there's a huge amount of crossover and all of our seo strategies are conversion centric anyway we're not looking at just bringing users onto the website from google we're looking at bringing the right users onto the website so that our clients essentially make more money um it's no good getting 100,000 users if none of them care about your products or want to buy them. So it's really about focusing on that conversion element as well. But with Crow, what you're actually looking at there is when someone's already landed on the website, whether that's through paid social or through organic search or just a direct um, type in the URL, then they're trying to bring people through to convert them. So it's already people are already on the website with them. So it's more like problem solving where you're sort of like before the problem. Absolutely. Yeah. Sorry. Who'd your dream client be live? Who'd you love to work on? I honestly don't have a clue. Probably like um I'm trying to think of like who I absolutely love. Probably like um like a ticket master or like 
I don't know, someone that does events, because then I feel like we could get really, really good discounts. And <laughs> you just, really you're just in it for the discounts. <laughs> yeah, no, well, I just think it'd be really, really exciting, and obviously we'd have to set up ads, like, before they went live, obviously you'd have to set up ads before they went live, but um, you'd have to, you know, set things up and get sort of, like, a pre-access before it went live. I just I think that would be such, like, a cool little... Yeah, instead a, a of one off, a one-off event would be yeah. To be fair, look, Tottenham is my dream one. You can't start disrespecting that <laughs> now, Liv. Sorry. But, um, a one-off event would be quite cool to do. So, like, maybe something like Will's Strongest Man. I like watching that. Will's Strongest. So. You are the nichest yeah. man I think I know, Rory. <laughs> the world's strongest man. I mean, man. after Sports Day, we need to enter Regan yeah. on that. To be fair, because uh, yeah, we do. Regan who kind of directs and produces a podcast and is is listening. <laughs> we had Sports Day recently, and um, Regan's team got to the final of tug of war, and uh, Regan just fell over at one point, got up, and thought. We're winning now, and just single-handedly pulled ten people over on his own. So I we mean, get Regan on Will's. Strong. I was one of the people. <laughs> I was one of the people that um, Regan pulled just over, and like he did. Yeah, I bum scooted like <laughs> a dog, and it was not my proudest moment at all. Uh, I'm not sure that Regan needed a team. <laughs> no, that's no. everyone else was just making up the numbers, and yeah. When Regan decides to win, the yellow team won basically. Uh, so yeah, we'll get Regan on World's Strongest yeah. Man, and Rory can do the uh, do the SEO for it. The SEO, and I'll do the one <laughs> one time event social. You'll promote you'll promote your tickets on social. I reckon doing a ticket company live would, would soon like lose its uh, lose its shine because think how many events they're selling. You'd have like thousands of campaigns running all the time, wouldn't you? Yeah, but just imagine how funny it would be at the same time, like. Well, to be fair, like swings and roundabouts, like it wouldn't be very funny if I was if I was doing all the ads for like something that I didn't really like, like World's Strongest Man. No offense, Rory. What what, <laughs> what event would you most like to Defo. to to be doing the work oh, for? Um, probably like music, but it's got to be specific music. You know, I went to um, an event the other day and it was a drum and bass festival. Oh my God, I hated every single minute of it. It was horrid. And literally, I, oh, I was like, we need to go. We need to go. So we left like before the headliners came on. But went to the specials the other day. Could have been there for another six hours just having a bop. So it'd have to be like specific music acts that are specifically to my taste, which is basically anything other than <laughs> drum and bass and anything like that. <laughs> It's going to be interesting when you're in a client call. Like, we've got a big drum and bass event coming Shame. up. We want to push tickets for you. Like, no, I don't oh, wow. like it. Sorry, Sorry. <laughs> I'm not doing it. Okay. You got the specials coming up? No, because it's not the '80s anymore. Oh. <laughs> well, you said I was niche. I, well, do you reckon that's niche than World's Strongest Man? It's, yeah. Oh. A little bit. A little bit. Um. So obviously, Rory's. There's a bit of a hot topic. I'll go into SEO at the moment with Google changing search results to match the first H1 tag, which is wreaking a bit of havoc in what's displaying in the SERPs. Um, how have you found that? What have your thoughts been? Is there anything you've done to combat it? Have you seen any like? Have you seen anything go majorly wrong, um, or have you seen any big changes to results off the back of it? Um, I'd I'd say that you know it's it's again that's part of that frustration earlier from Google updating things and. Mm us becoming aware after the update um i would say that google have been able to rewrite meta descriptions for a long time now but they just didn't do it very much but now they've started doing it with the title tags it is an issue because websites are trying to optimize those those title tags and then google comes along and just displays whatever it wants to um but i would say so, so from looking at studies to be honest Usually what happens is that people see an increase in click-through rate after Google change it. So it's not always okay. harmful, but there's obviously the element there that it could be harmful. And there's at the minute, there's no way to override that. So I think the, the advice at the minute is still to continue optimizing the title tags and almost hope that Google doesn't change it to something awful. Uh, I have seen a couple of examples where it doesn't make sense at all. And actually, there, mm. there have been a few examples raised now where it's not even necessarily the header tag that's uh, been put in there instead. So at the minute, Google is sort of still really responding to it, and I'm hoping that 
they're going to release something where you can override it and stop them from changing mm-hmm. what's a pretty pretty important part of your page and your offering. Mm-hmm. The funny thing about SEO is we, we, we there's a small number of people in the industry that get really worked up about like these changes. I bet 99.99% of the user base has no idea there's ever been any form of change whatsoever, is it? So you've got this little little subset of people um, really stressing about a Google update, and then all the users just don't really care, don't notice. Is no. there any like um, a Google school that like new SEOers can can do? Because I know on social we have like. Facebook no, it's not Facebook. It's Facebook Blueprint and Pinterest Academy stuff like that. Is there anything like that for Google? There, there are um, like search marketer guidelines and things like that on on the Google website, which you can look at. Um, I'd say they get a bit heavy though. They're, they're very text heavy and not too interactive at the minute. Um, there's, I remember taking one which was the digital garage as well with Google, which I think really talks about all channels rather than just SEO, but it might be a good starting point. Outside of that, though, I would say there's there's more resources outside of the world of Google. Um, so some of the ones that I look at regularly are Search Engine Journal, Search Engine Land, um, SE Roundtable I found is really good. So all these sorts of websites that are sharing articles about SEO all the time. Actually, most of them as well have really extensive guides too so i would start with one of those there's there's always beginner guides and things like that yeah well i might have to have a look into them so next time you call on the podcast i can be a little bit more well rehearsed live live if you do that i will download it okay i'm willing to do that show you how amazing it is good (laughs) that there's a deal and um a bit of a light SEO question, Rory. How do you how do you think Bing feel about their top search query being the word Google? <laughs> I'm sure they're absolutely delighted. With that. <laughs> I mean, I mean that's just it. Just doesn't really get better, and, and that is quite. It, quite it must be pretty. Must be pretty wounding, mustn't it? it oh, the results are in. What's everyone looking for? Oh, Google. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess. But at least they're getting that initial traffic. <laughs> um, <laughs> to then go elsewhere because, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> a, a, another slightly random one. Do you think if um, there was a sitcom made about a digital marketing agency, do you think it would work? And if if it was made, who would you get to play you? I think it absolutely would work because um, if you played up the drama, obviously, and, you know, someone's website's going down or something like that, I could see that being pretty funny (laughs) in a sitcom. Um, I don't know whether our clients would appreciate us featuring them and having to play up that drama. Um, But, yeah, it would make for an awesome show. I think if someone was going to play me, I'd like someone, someone like Simon Amstel or someone like that. Someone that's funny, a little bit sarcastic. Ah, Liv. What is he? What is he? Never mind the buzzcocks. Um, No? I don't know who that is. Oh, no. Okay. Maybe. Okay, (laughs) one that you'll relate to. How about Carl Pilkinson? Yeah. I'd like him to play me. That, I think that I, I don't know. I feel like you're too positive. You're too much of a bundle of <laughs> bundle of joy. I thought like you're, you're much <laughs> I don't more know of a Ricky. Talking about a Ricky. I, you're Ricky. I think oh, I think Ricky, Ricky could be uh, could be well suited. What about you, Chris? Who would play you? I always struggle on questions like this because I don't really um, know famous people. So I'm just going to go someone based purely on looks who's not an actor. And uh, we'll give John Arnarisa an acting hell? career post football because you don't know who John Arnarisa is, you, do you? all these people. <laughs> he, he, he used to play for Liverpool and uh, uh, he probably retired about 10 years ago, to be fair. But, but people used to say I looked quite like him. Google him later. Do you, do you know who you look see like? If you, see if you agree or not. Peter Schmeichel. Go on. I know him. Peter Schmeichel. Um. I mean, we've both got blonde hair, but that's about it, isn't it? Yeah, but I think you, I think you're, 
you can throw your log right there. So I think Peter Schmeichel could be a good one. I mean, but Pete, I'm just questioning question uh, <laughs> Peter Schmeichel is a solid 10, 12 years older than Chris as well. Just to put that out there. Is he? <laughs> yeah, you could have said Kasper Schmeichel. He's, he's so, yeah. He's uh, like a little bit younger, but no. Oh, we're going, we're going the old one. That would be silly. <laughs> Who would who would you pick, Liv? You no, know, I I think I'd have to pick like Kristen Kristen Wig, Kristen Wig. No, who that is? You do. She's in she, she's in Bridesmaids. Uh, I've seen Bridesmaids, but I do not yeah. know who that is. No, you do. She's the main character, and she's like she she she's the one that gets drunk on the plane. Bit yeah, niche. I feel like bit niche. That is, Liv. <laughs> you sure you don't want the lead singer of the specials? Still. <laughs> This is where the generational gap comes into play, Rory. I know Simon Lampster is. He's, I think he's hilarious. I think he's brilliant. But don't I forget, really like, don't never mind the Buscots. Probably hasn't been on telly for about ten years, has it? Because there's, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a new, there's the new one, isn't there? there I mean, is have you ever out. been compared? Yeah, have you ever been compared to a celeb? Like looks wise. And don't you dare say Simon Amstel, Rory, because I don't have a clue what he looks like. Clark Kent. Clark. <laughs> it's a good job this is an audio okay. medium, Rory, isn't it? Otherwise, uh, yeah. you'd instantly discredit yourself. <laughs> no, who was the one uh, What I got um, the other week was... Mick Frost. A slim, yeah, a slimmed-down <laughs> version of Mick Frost. I can see that. I can see that. What about you, Chris, apart from... Um, whatever you said, Mr. <laughs> um, so I used to have a boss that, bear in mind I was about 29 at this point in time, um, used to tell me I looked like, um, what's his name, Adrian Childs, which given oh. he was like about 50 at that point in time, I was really quite offended by, but... Hey, who the hell is Adrian oh, Childs? Oh, we're struggling here with... This, we, this is... Li- Oh no, come on everyone, live, come on. Um, yeah, so he's said, uh, I can't see it myself, I don't think, I don't think that's, uh, I don't think it's a particularly good shout. But if you Google John or Arisa, we're pretty similar looking, I would say. That's, that's probably the closest lookalike, but you don't know who anyone is, live basically. No, no, definitely not. I think, I actually do think I'm quite niche now, coming off the back of this, because I don't know who any of these people are. <laughs> You've got like... You, you've got like a 30 year gap in your eyes. You know the specials who were around in like the early 80s, and then you know people from now, but anything in the middle, you've got a, you've got a bit of a bit of a gap on, haven't you? We touched on, um, we touched on work life balance last week, didn't we? Um, how to maintain it. What, um, what self care tips have you got, Rory? What do you do to unwind after a long day trying to? game google's algorithm um well then i have uh, the long struggle of putting the kids to bed and after having bathed them and fed them um but finally when i do get five minutes I tend to read a lot um and i do watch a bit of netflix so i'm, I'm re-watching the office us for like the fourth fifth time at the minute um but when all else fails and i can't be bothered with any of that I've actually started to get into Jigsaws. And Jigsaws Whoa. are great. Let me tell you, Whoa they are way. great stress busters. How many piece Jigsaws are you working with? Uh, at least 15. No, um, <laughs> uh, usually uh, just a 500 piece, you know. Whoa. Any specific like um, backgrounds that you like on your Jigsaws? Like couldn't, puppies couldn't or... Couldn't care less, no. Whoa. Just, I love I'd, that. I don't wish to brag, Rory, but I'm a bit of a jigsaw expert myself. Found one in the house the other day and um, did it in, like, 15 minutes, which I thought was really good because the box said it should take three-plus years to do. That's, that's a good one, Chris. Oh, my that's a good one. <laughs> classic, classic dad joke for you there. Um, Liv, what do you do outside of work to unwind and relax? I absolutely love a bath. I could sit in the bath for hours on end. Well, I could sit. I do sit in the bath for hours on end. And I just sit there and I don't even do anything. Sometimes I sing. Sometimes I just watch Netflix in the bath because I'm a danger. I love I love the danger of having an electrical device in the bath with me. Um, or ju- literally just watch absolute tripe 
on the telly. I could, I am such a little, like, movie nerd that I could just sit there and watch film after film after film after film and then series after series. Um, and I, I just love it. Absolutely love it. We also have got into playing Xbox recently. I'm not very good at anything. Um, there's this one game called Brawlhalla. And it's like, um, we have to like fight these little mini-men. It's really rubbish, but I'm actually quite good at that one. But, um, yeah. <laughs> what about you, Chris? Um, well, I definitely don't have a bath because I've never, I've never seen the appeal of baths. Like you get in and it's too hot and then it's just a bit, bit boring, isn't it? And then you're just lying in your own dirty water. So not have a bath. Um, I don't mind a bit of Netflix. I mean, those are rookie numbers, Rory, that you're on your fifth watch view of The Office. Like, You've got to get at least double <laughs> figures by now. Um, or I quite like playing. I quite like playing computer games. I play the Switch quite a lot. Um, yeah, that's 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 one. Or watching TikToks. They're, they're my two evening habits. Either playing on the Switch or watching TikTok, or doing both at the same time. If you if you really want to multitask. Um, so I think we're coming to, coming pretty much to a bit of a conclusion, aren't we? We've just got. Um, everyone's favourite feature which is Liv's super random question that she's going to ask you Rory so this is this is the bit I've been looking forward to yeah me too um so this week it's themed um so would you rather have free petrol or diesel don't know what you drive for life but you have to drive 10 miles under the speed limit wherever you go or pay like twice the petrol prices twice the petrol price uh, but speed limits don't apply to you that is actually quite a tough question but yeah i'm gonna go with the free petrol and diesel and i can drive 10 miles per hour underneath the speed the speed limit whenever i want what happens if i'm in a 10 miles per hour zone you don't right? go anywhere that you is it. you've got to pick a different route can i can i take like Plenty of jerry cans with me and just start selling my own petrol at this point. Um, yeah. I've got so many questions. I know, like. yeah. Yeah, you can, I suppose. I mean, there's no rules. Um, but, yeah, the, th- the only thing is, if you are in a 10-mile-an-hour zone, you have to stop. You cannot go anywhere. So I'll take it. But, yeah, I'm up for that. I love the, I love the free petrol. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> do you send for a coupon or...? Um, it'll be the army will deliver it okay. to your house. Thank you very much, Chris. What about you? What are you going to do? Um, I mean, I don't drive much anymore, to be honest. So neither is that useful. Like, I walk to work. I'd probably, I probably, given I don't drive very often, I'll probably pay double and just go as fast as I want. Um, yeah, yeah, because I just don't. Don't drive very much of like holiday. It'd be quite nice being able to turn your three-hour drive up to up to the northeast into like a one-hour white knuckle ride. That'd be quite good fun, wouldn't it? I've I've got a bit of a plan here actually. So maybe Chris, if if you're up for it, I'll um, I'll pay for your petrol and you can drive me around. And I'll drive. Bit. We team up. Oh, that is a good idea. You found a floor in your plan, Liv. That's, a good idea. <laughs> That's classic <laughs> SEO, isn't it? Next time. Classic <laughs> SEO, find a loophole and exploit it. <laughs> Black hat petrol. Uh. <laughs> Here it is. What are you going for, Liv? Um, you must have thought about this, given it's your random question. Yeah, I think that I'd take free petrol, because fueling my little 1.2 litre KA, the absolute beast, costs a lot of money. So... Um, to be fair, I'm not really that fast of a driver anyway. I'm too much of a, of a little petal to, to go across, you know, 60 miles an hour on the motorway. So I don't think it can be. Can a 1.2 litre KA even get up to 70 miles an hour? Do you know what? Foot to the floor, <laughs> I do not, not, not to 60 in like 15 seconds. Um, <laughs> two minute, two minute, not to 60 time. No, it, it's, it is, it's a cute little car, but it is slow as a snail. <laughs> Don't really mind so you don't, you don't really have any option because you're going 10 miles an hour underneath anyway. Exactly. So I might as well save some money. Um, but yeah, I, I think that brings us to the end of this episode of the Assorted Digital Ramblings podcast. Um, so if you've enjoyed it, or even if you haven't, uh, please leave us leave us a little review and follow us on whichever platform you're in you're listening on. So 
Um, we really appreciate your feedback. And you can follow us on all the social media, so Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, and find out some more information about ClickThrough via our website at clickthrough-marketing.com. And we will be back in November to discuss all things all things con- uh, content with SEO's partner in crime. So, yeah, thanks for, thanks for listening, everyone.